Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, yeah, we're just so excited to continue having these conversations about uh, the series that we're in with Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, it's been a really cool series for me to be a part of, um, and we're really excited to have our second return guest this week, Miss Julie Leeson. That's right. So not, I'm sure most people know you, Julie, but in case they don't, um, Julie is the director of children's ministry here at Providence, and she's been here how many years? Seven. Seven years now. Yeah. So exciting. Um, obviously, this has been one of the more unique years in your, in your tenure in the last <laughs> seven years. Absolutely. I thought we'd just start by, do you have any anything to share about just like where children's ministry is right now? We've thankfully been able to come back um, in a limited way the last couple weeks. Um, and this will be the third week that we're back um, in person in the building. And how's just wanted to hear like, how's that been going and what's new? Oh, man, it's been really great to see kids in the flesh again. Um, and it's been going great. We have a, a, a lot more limited volunteer pool at the moment, mm-hmm. which is realistic. Um, but the people who are here are so committed to these kids, and they're also committed to the kids who aren't here in person yet. Mm-hmm. And we're praying for those kids, and you know, we're trying to think of ways to connect with those families too. So I'm yeah. excited. I have a lot of fun things coming up where people can engage. But as far as programming here goes, it's mm-hmm. been really, really just heartwarming to have kids together again Mm -hmm. in the word just in community again yeah i think that's something that's really important for everybody Mm -hmm. in this time that we're in just to feel like they're a part of a community whether they're in person or not Mm -hmm. coming to church but um that they have people that they can connect with and be in the word and just build relationships with each other and grow like in their relationship with god together i think that's such a huge part of what church is right is just Mm -hmm. building and supporting each other in that so it's cool that we get to continue to do that, even though it's, it may look different right now, right? For sure. Yeah. So we wanted to talk with Julie a little about little bit this week about um, prayer. And Toby's preaching from the first couple chapters of Nehemiah this week. And so I wanted to just kind of start by reading a little bit of Nehemiah 1, and then we're going to just kind of hear a little bit from Julie about her heart and what's been stirred up in her, um, in, in her ministry and in her family even, too, I think. So... This is um, the beginning of Nehemiah. So it's been really cool just tracking with Ezra up to this point and just all the parallels, I think, with where we are as as a society, I think, um, and some of the lessons that we've, we've heard and learned um, through that. Um, so the beginning of Nehemiah, um, he is still living in, in captivity, but he's, but he's asking the Lord um, to provide for the Israelites um, who have returned. And um, he, this is from uh, the first few verses here. Um, he's hearing about what's happening in Israel, and he says, They say to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed with fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Um, so you can very clearly see how, you know, his heart has just been like torn for these people. Um, like he's, he's just spending days upon days mourning and fasting and praying, um, which kind of 
presents a question for us, I think, which is what are the things that put us in that place maybe, you know? What are the ways in our lives where our hearts have been broken for things? Um, so I just wanted to start there, Julie. Um, you know, what has been stirred in your heart recently um, for families and for children? Um, like, can you just speak a little bit to, I think, just the burden that, that God's been putting on your heart? Absolutely. Well, I want to start by saying God made me and my personality to be very empathetic, compassionate person. Mm -hmm. Like that is who I am. And so right now I feel extremely burdened and heartbroken for all of us and for kids and families. And just in a society where I feel like people need Jesus so Mm -hmm. much. And how do we help our kids see that? How do we do this together? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the world's pretty divided. We've become selfish and prideful mm. and being isolated really heightens that. Mm. So it feels us versus them, me versus you when I'm home a lot and not mm. in community with other people who might believe different things than me or see the world differently than I do. You think like being kind of more isolated with just, you know, a few people every day, that kind of puts you in a place where you start to think more about yourself than other people. Exactly. Hmm. And kids are naturally selfish. The world does (laughs) revolve around them. They can't, that's just developmentally where they're at. And Hmm. so when we are even more so just thinking about me and my family at home and everything revolves around us and everybody else feels far away, it changes things. It, it makes it more intense and it's harder to have compassion for others. It's harder to serve others in mm. this time. It's harder to be examples of that for our kids yeah. when we're not, you know, in community with other people and right. seeing other people. It's, it, it, it's it less, it's like kind of like challenge. absence, you know, out of, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're, it, it's very easy to be in relationship and to be praying for people when you're, you see them physically. I think when you're just around them all the time, they're just, right. they're kind of on the front of your mind. I think we almost have to do more work in that way because yeah, if we're just, um, you know, if, if we don't, if we're not intentional about still engaging in community, then it can very easily become like, it's just about fending for myself a little bit. Right. Right. And that's right. just so natural for us to fall into. So mm. I think that makes it a lot harder. And as far as just being isolated and whatnot, I also think during this pandemic, I have really become broken. And even just looking at my own routines, so our routines have been stripped away. Routine of going to church, doing the things that were easy and where I knew my kids would learn about Jesus or see other people or do things. And when all of that gets stripped away, what am I doing Hmm. to make sure my kids are still having spiritual disciplines and routines in their mm-hmm. life. And I think I fell short a lot during this time. Yeah. And that, you know, I've talked about this with my husband. Like, I feel like I want to redo <laughs> because <laughs> I want to make all these awesome new changes now that I'm looking back and thinking, okay, our routines are shipped away. We thrive on routines, but hmm. we also get comfortable in them. Yeah. And so as I think about that with, kids like what are we doing what what new routines are we building into or thinking about how are we talking about our faith with our kids how are we teaching them when it's not coming in the Mm. normal way that we've always just had it yeah exactly 
And so what does your, where does your, your mind go when you think about some of those things that you, you want to be a part of for our kids and, and to lead an example, maybe in some of those ways, when it, maybe even as it relates to prayer specifically, um, you know, how does, how does prayer come out for you when you're thinking about children's ministries and the decisions that maybe you need to make and, and to lead your volunteers, all those kinds of things? Um, like, what does that look, for, look like for you in your ministry? Um, and maybe how does that look maybe different right now than it has before? Mm-hmm. I think it's really been a really cool thing that's come out of this time is that my prayer life has enhanced greatly hmm. and my understanding of the power of prayer. So two things happen simultaneously to get things rolling, I think, is that I have the prayer team and I ask people to be praying for me as a leader and for us as a church to be making, you know, wise decisions and having capacity to think through and be creative. And for me, I have to kind of start with prayer on my own. Hmm. So I'm spending time away listening and Mm -hmm. connecting with God. And being part of the prayer team in the past year has really taught me um, new ways of praying. So Mm -hmm. it's not just me, me, me. (laughs) Again, selfish by nature. Um, It's praise and adoration, Mm -hmm. confession. Mm -hmm. That has something is something that I honestly have not done well. I don't yeah. think in my entire life until yeah. this year. Hmm. Um, thinking you, about how to confess, like I don't know, I'm not doing like major stuff wrong. <laughs> like, what am I confessing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that um, the the acts? Uh, mm-hmm. Explain what explain what that is, because that, that's something that actually I also learned from being a part of the prayer team in different in different points in time. Um, that has really shaped how I think about prayer more than just kind of sit down and just, you know, there's nothing, I don't think there's necessarily a, a wrong way to pray, but there are sure. things that, that shape our relationship with God in that time that if we don't, if we don't take seriously, I guess, maybe some of those elements like confession, mm-hmm. um, we're missing out a part of, of the, because through confession, we, we heard a pretty beautiful mm-hmm. example of that through Dean this past Sunday about how confession leads to redemption, mm-hmm. right? And um, that's what God calls out of us. So and so has that like affected your prayer, like even on a daily basis, like thinking through like, and, and what are those A-C-T-S? Acts. So A is adoration, mm-hmm. is coming to God and praising him. C, confession. T, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. had to think about that. And S, supplication. Mm. So you don't get to help this, help this, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. the prayers for certain things till way further down the line. And what I found is when you pray this way, God's changing your heart throughout that prayer. And by the time I get to supplication, those prayers look differently than when I started. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Because <laughs> he changes my heart for people that I'm praying mm-hmm. for or even what my focus is. Sometimes I go in thinking, I want to pray for this one thing. And I ended up praying for somebody random I never, you know, was I wasn't even thinking about or just my prayer changes as I go through the process. Hmm. Um, totally. And I'm curious to know what role that fasting has played in your prayer life because we've been touching on that as a staff the last few weeks going through um, a particular day of the week fasting together. And for some of us, I don't know if it's true for you, but this has been the first time that I've really intentionally fasted for a long period of time consistently. Um, 
what have been some things that God's been revealing to you through fasting and how has that changed maybe your, your prayer life or what has it changed about your prayer life? Sure. So I've fasted a few times in my life, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I really took it seriously. And last time Abby Rotman was on talking about fasting and I like that she's, she acknowledged, you know, the first time she did it, like weight loss was kind of like right. on her mind, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and in a season where we've all been cooped up for a while <laughs> and I'm trying to get healthy again, you know, it's yeah. hard not to have that be my focus. Yeah. Right. But so this has been a really powerful experience for me the past few weeks. I'm kind of really getting started. I feel like for the first time with fasting. Hmm. Um, and I would say that last week in particular, the day that I fasted, I, I've never prayed so much intentionally in a day and felt so connected to God Hmm. all day. Hmm. And something that came to mind is that I am a person who likes to eat small meals, snacks throughout the day. My family teases me because if we go anywhere, I'm like, well, wait, I need a snack first. Like (laughs) you need to have a snack in my purse. Mm -hmm. And if I don't eat, I get hangry and shaky and nauseous and all of those things. Like that's just who I am. So I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm -hmm. And God provided for me. Like Mm -hmm. I made it through this day. Yes. I had grumbly, you know, hunger pains. Right. I did not feel sick Mm -hmm. though. And I literally have never physically relied on God like that. And it was kind of a cool thing. You know, you hear that God provides, but sometimes it feels so metaphorical. Yeah. Well, I think part of why we don't always grasp the fullness of what that means that God is our provider, because we live in a particular day and age or a particular culture even, or a particular part of the world Mm -hmm. where we don't have to rely on ourselves, on anything except ourselves, if we don't want to, if that makes sense. Like for basic needs, we can we can get by and, and we'll be fine. (laughs) You know, we don't have to, we don't have to, we're not praying for God. I need food and water today. That's not a part of our, exactly. We're not even thinking about those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. this is, so by an an interesting way, I think by kind of denying yourself something like that, Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself in that position where you do have to depend on God. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because it also, you know, I try not to talk about it you know, it's, it's kind of a private thing, which mm-hmm. is interesting, you know, talking on I here, know. I think I it weaves through my private, you know, home prayer life to my role here at church. But at the same time, um, with my kids, like I kind of didn't really tell them what I was doing, but they started noticing like, why aren't you eating dinner <laughs> with us? Right. You know, and I kind of changed up dinner plan for them. Um, but I was able to tell them why I'm doing that. And even just in that act, like they were like, what? My son Max is like, you're not eating. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> and like actually, yeah, hmm. because here's what I'm doing today yeah. and, and what I'm praying for. And I want to see what God puts on my heart too. And I'm asking God, I think too, part of this like confession and even tying in what Dean preached about last week. I've been asking God to break my heart for something. Like sometimes hmm. I feel like I don't care enough about other situations or you know the state of the world yeah and it's been it's kind of like be careful what you ask for Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like God's like yeah I do want to put this on your heart and and really give you some some things here to to work in my cause Mm -hmm. for me something that 
going back to uh, the message this past Sunday that Dean shared, something that there was a phrase he said that really stuck out to me. Mm. Um, it was towards the end, he was kind of listing these examples of ways that we fall short. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he was kind of listening through these things and then he said something that I just like, I couldn't stop thinking about it, but he was like, um, something that we that we maybe do as Christians is that we we fail to acknowledge the brokenness around us because in doing so it calls us to do something about it. Mm, mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that was like a that to me that was like if he had a mic, he could have dropped it right there. <laughs> you know, he was wearing a headset, so that wouldn't <laughs> that would have worked. But that is cool. um that was so interesting to me of just like sometimes there's that almost the sin of like I don't know if it's complacency mm-hmm. or just kind of like you don't, it's like, I don't need to worry. It's kind of like what you're saying. I don't need to worry about other people. I don't need to worry about the things that are going around me because I can just kind of fend for myself. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I acknowledge or start to see kind of the chaos of the world, now that calls me to be active in it. It's kind of like, do be careful what you wish for Mm because being a Christian is not about being comfortable. And sometimes when you really start to fast and pray and see what the Lord's will is for your life, it's not about you. It's about serving others. Um, That's the entirety of Jesus's life. If we want to be like Jesus, it's about about surrendering yourself and doing something for the good of all people and for the glory of God. And that honestly is part of my confession recently. It's like, I've not done enough. I haven't spoke out against enough. I haven't, uh, often it's easier to just sit back. And even in my own household, like it's easier to just sit and have pizza and watch a movie and not like engage in important conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in my life has kind of been brought to the front for me thinking mm-hmm. oh, as a mom, as a, as a Christian, as a disciple, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes it's not what I'm doing. It's what I'm not doing. Right. I think it's like the, the path of our lives in terms of what we're focused on, where our hearts are set. I feel like we're in constant tension with what the, it's a very like simple thing that we always talk about, but there is this really great tension between kind of the narrow road that that God calls us to be on and where the world kind of assumes that we want to be on, if that makes sense. And the, the way that our society functions, it's like everything is about getting to a place of comfortability. Everything is about getting to a place of stability and where you don't have to worry about things and you can just kind of relax and retire and mm-hmm. enjoy. You know, like that's kind of what I think if you're, if you're not if you're not, uh, if nothing else is said to you, if you're not, if you are not familiar with, I guess, what Christ does to you and what that calls you to be, mm-hmm. that's kind of what just innately gets pressed on you. And I think we we feel that that tension all the time, even when we're following the Lord. There's still that part of us, and there's still that side of us that kind of desires that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really interesting part of I think praying it, is that it calls us to do something about the world and mm-hmm. the brokenness in our world, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you too about um, how how praying maybe changes how you feel about your own ministry and maybe brings about some of the excitement and the passion that you that you desire. Um, how does praying kind of affect you in in how you approach, I guess, your your ministry and your your passion for it? Absolutely. So, like I said, I, I'm always asking the prayer team to keep praying for me and our team and children's ministry and what we're doing. Um, and I have a, a team 
of volunteers that I meet with monthly and I call them my vision team. And, you know, we pray for the ministry as well. Um, and recently our vision team, um, we put out a survey to parents and one of the comments was like, hit me like, this is perfect. This is exactly what's on my heart. Her, um, uh, one of the moms put in the survey that she would like to see leaders or people praying specifically for families. And I'm like, why aren't we doing this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Like, as I'm praying and being moved and feeling kind of transformed by the Spirit and in my heart and in my mind and focus, um, I'm realizing even through this series, this has been a powerful series for me mm-hmm. um, with Ezra, like how God moved King Cyrus's heart. He's He was a pagan. Like, mm-hmm. God can move in ways that we don't even think to ask for. Mm. Um and so one of the, the comments that we got on that survey was to have people praying. So I am hoping to start this week um, a prayer connection where people can sign up to pray for specific families, like two or three mm-hmm. families. Um, we'll have our small group leaders be praying for people, but there's too many families to <laughs> just have our small group leaders. So I want to make this a broader thing where we are praying specifically for these young families. Yeah. This is such a unique time, such a hard time for families, but any time is a good time to be praying for people totally. and lifting up our families um, mm. as we're trying to raise kids as disciples of Jesus Christ. Like this is not an easy world to do that in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited about that. It really energizes me. And this is what happens when I pray. Um, oftentimes I pray and I start to just tell God like kind of the big picture of what I'm thinking we need. <laughs> like yeah. we need more community. We, we need more unity. Like, mm. God, how do we do this? And and then ideas start coming. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, I'm like the energizer bunny when that starts <laughs> to happen. I start totally. talking really fast and I get really excited about yeah, things. And yeah. this is one of those things that I can't wait to get started. Every family is going to get assigned to somebody to be mm-hmm. praying for by name. Mm-hmm. And and what God does with that, I can't wait to see. Yeah, Because God moves. Yeah, and that's a somewhat of a simple simple responsibility. It's mm-hmm. not, um, it's not a shallow responsibility. It's a very, it's a very deep and and, he- and heavy responsibility, mm-hmm. but it doesn't require too much of us other than the intentionality of keeping people in our community in our prayers and, exactly. and really intentionally praying for them. I feel like that is something that we can all do. And I feel like most of us would really find joy in doing. It's just mm-hmm. that we haven't, we haven't, um, really found the, the avenue to really just do it. Right. So I think that's awesome that that's something that you want to put together because I mm-hmm. I really do believe that there is power in that when we're praying for one another in so yeah. many ways it changes it changes us to really intentionally like you said put other people in, in our minds mm-hmm. um, and put other people's needs um, in our hearts that we are praying for them and not just asking God for the things that we need right um, and even I'm thinking like as like if I sign up to pray for somebody, I can have my whole family and I can include my kids in that and we can be praying for other people at our church and and who knows how that will grow. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Exactly. I, I just think let's let's not limit God here. Let's totally <laughs> let's lift each other up. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to read the prayer that Nehemiah prays in Nehemiah one. It's it's a little bit it's not too long, but it's kind of this it's this long prayer that I think really exemplifies everything that we're talking about in terms of even just the ACTS thing. Um, I don't know. 
I love prayers in scripture because it kind of gives us a framework for what, how we're, I think we are meant to communicate with God. Like, what are the things, what are the things that Nehemiah prays for when his heart has been broken? Mm-hmm. He's in this place where he's, he's mourning and he's fasting, he's weeping. Um, how does he, how does he speak to God? I think it's really fascinating. So I'm just going to read this. This is starting um, verse five of Nehemiah chapter one. So I'll just read this, this first part that I, I read before. When, when I heard this, this is Nehemiah, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. It's a pretty powerful (laughs) prayer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, How often do I I pray like that? Mm -hmm. Um, Even, I, I think, you look towards the end of this prayer and you see kind of the reason why he's praying. You, you see what, he, what he's asking of the Lord, but he doesn't just ask the Lord. He's right. right? He start, He actually starts, I didn't even know this, he starts by adoration and confession. Yep. He starts by saying, oh Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Like that's straight yeah. up just adoring who God is. Yeah, and then he confesses. And then he says, I confess we have sinned against you. Um, I think that's a beautiful example. Um, of how, how we're meant to pray. Um, and so to me, that is actually convicting because I know in my own prayer life, there are moments, it's usually in particular times of the day where I really intentionally sit down and, and try to pray in a, in a, I guess in a, in a more scriptural way, to be honest, but there are so Mm -hmm. many times where I'm just kind of like, it is kind of willy nilly, (laughs) you know? Um, and I think you're starting to see, especially even in the last few weeks, as we've been intentionally fasting and seeing Mm -hmm. how that's impacted, how we, how we relate to God, um, that there is a depth to our prayer life Mm -hmm. when we do it in this way. Um, I just wanted to ask, like, have you, you know, have you noticed your own prayers changing, you know, as you've been going through this. We talked about acts, like how that relates to how you're praying for children's ministry. Have you seen, have you seen yourself even grow a little bit in how you're relating to God in that? Oh yeah. I think that, I mean, it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, I just feel, I guess I would say that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's important to me that, you know, the things we plan for or do in children's ministry, it's not about me. It's not about what I can do necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's more, what is God putting on our hearts? Where is he guiding us? And how can I be obedient? So Mm -hmm. it's those like little acts of obedience Mm -hmm. that I have seen um, for me specifically 
in the years past, I get really worried about things or I'm not sure I can do it. Am I going to be good enough Mm -hmm. to pull this off? Can I be this leader that I need to be? I have a lot of those kind of thoughts, those self-defeating thoughts that I think Satan loves to kind of throw at me sometimes when I'm all of a sudden have a good idea and then I doubt myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the past month, I would say... God has really refreshed my mind. Hmm. And and I love that idea of, you know, like guard your minds. He, he transforms our minds. So it's not about, I don't think I can do this. Hmm. It's about each day thinking, okay, God, steps, baby steps. How do I do this? What do I do? What's most important? And my focus is on, it has this like excitement and this um, challenge mm-hmm. of, okay, we need prayer. Okay, let's let's work on that. We right. need to come together to do community in a world that that's really hard in. Right. Okay, Lord. I know that's what we need. What am I supposed to do here? And just as the as I continue to pray more, the ideas flow, my willingness to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> increases. Mm-hmm. Um which is something I want to get to at the next section here yeah. of our conversation yeah. is this idea that of, of how we can build community and do something new in this day. Mm-hmm. That scares me. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I know, I believe in my heart that God is like, here's here's a, here's a little something you can do. Right. And it's... We really have nothing to fear if it's God's will, right? Because it's right. like, we feel like it in ourselves, like, yeah, if this sort of was a birth out of my own mind and I have this idea, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to work. I'm probably not adequate. I'm not qualified, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. But when you feel like... God is leading it, then mm-hmm. it's like, all I can right. do all things. If God, if God's doing it through me. Right. Let's do it. Exactly. I'm not going to be perfect at it, but it's not about me. Right. It's about each step and I'm not always feeling qualified, mm-hmm. but hello. That's, but that's something that we've talked us. about. On the, <laughs> well, we've talked about that on this podcast a few times is that, um, God doesn't want you to be qualified. <laughs> he usually right? he usually chooses people that are unqualified because that makes them rely on him. Exactly. You know, if we if it was, if we had everything we needed in our arsenal to pull something off, then then God we wouldn't God wouldn't be a part of it. We would mm-hmm. just do it. And um, there's so many examples in Scripture of that happening. And we look at it like it's ironic. Like, oh look, he used the guy. He used David, who was the young shepherd. You know, he didn't <laughs> use the old guy or the older brother. Um, but that's just because I think David was the humble servant, right? Exactly. And that's the posture that we just need to be in. That's it. That's really the only qualification. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about that. So later in, in the book of Nehemiah, um, he kind of brings the people together and he, he basically delegates the people to build the wall of uh, Jerusalem. And each family is assigned a part of the wall and everyone's kind of working together to pull this off. And he's kind of, he's he's delegated the entire body of Israelites to accomplish this. What does this look like, you know, for children's ministry in the future of, of everybody working together to do something big? Mm-hmm. Um, what excites you about that idea? And what are maybe, do you have an example of what you're looking forward to with that? I do. I don't know what it's called yet. Cool. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you know, we'll come up with some cute name, but um, I think we need to do a backyard Bible club this summer. And some might call it, uh, it's like a modified VBS, basically. Mm. So instead of doing VBS here, we gather the groups and have all everybody together. We're going to send you out into your neighborhoods and we're going to train and equip you to do a VBS in your backyard. So cool. 
Uh-huh. And we are going to have to work together. I think this is a really cool opportunity for us to work together in unique ways to plan this, to prep this, to get this going, to to bring VBS, Bible Club, whatever we want to call it, to our backyards and have, I don't even know how many. I think we need to be praying about that. Like, mm-hmm. see how many backyards we can fill with um, this Bible club and reach our neighbors. Last summer we did, or I guess two summers ago, <laughs> love mm-hmm. your neighbor. Mm-hmm. We've done turquoise tables, these things. Let's take it another step further. Let's yeah. do something where we're gathering kids, families, um, so and it, reaching our neighborhoods in a totally different way. Yeah, that's a, such an incredible idea. So I'm just curious because <laughs> this is like this is the first time I'm really hearing about it. But um, what, so what does that look like? So would you say it's kind of like individual families putting on a, a VBS kind of mm-hmm. themselves for people that live around them? Is that kind of the idea? Pretty much. Yeah. So the church, me here and our team will be the hub. So we mm-hmm. will train people, we'll connect people. If you know you have a backyard or a neighborhood you think would be great, but you're not confident in, mm-hmm. in leading that, we might partner up people who sure. can come alongside. Um, we'll provide the resources. There's videos, there's um, all sorts of things. So we'll provide the supplies, mm-hmm. the resources, the structure, the activities, and then you're doing it in mm-hmm. your backyard. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, glad you think I, so. <laughs> I love it. I'm really excited. And if you were part of VBS before, like, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, man, can we do this? Mm-hmm. But I am full of excitement about this and currently gathering a team of people. And if you're listening and you, I have not reached out to you, but you think, man, I'd like to be a part of figuring this out with you, call me, text mm-hmm. me, email me, because... Um, it's going to take a lot of people to come together to do this, but I think it's a really great way of saying Jesus is not just here at church. Like we are going to go mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. and, and it challenges more adults to put some faith in action. Oh my goodness. How many times do we like, whether it's leading a Bible study or anything where, <laughs> anything where you're kind of leading a group of people in, in this, maybe a spiritual discipleship kind of way or, or whatever it is, how often does that change us mm. as leaders? I, I specifically remember not to expand on this idea too much, but for a little bit when I was at Taylor um, in college, I just like with some guys in my dorm, like we got together and just kind of like just read through some scripture together and just talked about like how it applies to us. And I just kind of like facilitated it and I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know at all what I was doing. (laughs) Um, But in going through the process, like it forced me, I mean, to read (laughs) scripture. Mm -hmm. It forced me to like try to understand scripture enough that I could lead a discussion about it. Um, And I grew a lot, even just those, I don't even know. It was like a pretty short lived thing. It was just like a few times we did it. Um, But that, that I feel like I grew so much in my relationship with God just by being willing to do it, even though I didn't feel like I was ready for it. I kind of like became ready. Mm Mm-hmm because I said yes to it, you know? Yeah. I wonder how many people that's true for if we're thinking about, you know, doing this with tons of our, our own families where this is not just an opportunity, one, to to reach people for the Lord, which I think is the ultimate goal sure. that, we're, that we're building God's kingdom. But I think 
it's also going to grow us in our faith because it's going to, it's going to require something of us to be willing to step into something that maybe we don't feel qualified for, Mm -hmm. but through the Lord, we're going to be qualified for. Mm -hmm. I really, Mm -hmm. I really like that idea. (laughs) Um, so kind of as, as we just think about all of this, I mean, what is your, I guess, overall focus right now for children's ministry, maybe even just for the ministry of Providence at large and just the ministry of Jesus at large right now and where we are. I was going to say, I think that it's cool how we've, we've talked about this in, in some other ways too, how um, in the midst of a pandemic, it's brought about opportunities that would not have been afforded to us otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, I mean, even this VBS idea, we probably wouldn't be thinking about something like this in a normal year. Right. We'd be th- thinking about putting on this big VBS at church, but I think there might be something really unique and beautiful about it that, is part of God's plan that we wouldn't have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think about that moving forward as we kind of wrap up the conversation about prayer? What do, um, what do you see as the things that God is doing in, in his kingdom right now that you want to be a part of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I talked before about, you know, routines being stripped away and things like that. And, you know, this is a time, this is a year, this is a season that we will all remember Mm-hmm. And our kids will remember this. This is life-changing. I am praying that this life-changing season is not just a negative what was stripped away, but that this is the season that our kids look back on and we look back on and think, wow, God showed up in a really cool new way in my life. Mm-hmm. I know more. I'm more dependent. I'm closer. And you know what? When everything's crazy, all I can depend on is God. And what has he called me to do? And how did I step out in faith? Mm-hmm. And every tiny step we take in faith, it grows. Yeah. And God changes us and uses us. And what cool things can God do through us right now and through our kids as we do new things and new mm-hmm. routines? And where is God calling us? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm really excited to see what God continues to stir in your heart and what what fruit we see from it. Because I think we're mm-hmm. kind of, for you, maybe specifically with the VBS idea, but even just in general with how you're thinking about student ministries is, um, I think God has been stirring in you, mm-hmm. right? And I think you're in this place where you are seeking the Lord's will and God's going to do something through you. Mm. So I'm 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 just like proud to be on the staff with you and to see Aww. like what God's gonna <laughs> God's gonna do with you. So thank you, thanks for having me. It's a unique opportunity to be able to talk like this <laughs> about all of this. <laughs> right, it's, it's kind of fun to be it able to is. share some, kind of what God's doing in your in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, could you pray for us? Absolutely. Before we leave? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the chance to share your words and what you've put on my heart. Um, thank you for the courage to do so. Um, Lord, I just pray for our families right now that you would stir in us um, a passion and a longing for what breaks your heart. Um, May we have the courage to step out in action and teach our kids and have our kids walk alongside us as we all grow in our faith and in our um, steps towards obedience for whatever you are putting on our hearts. Lord, we just ask that you show up big time right now. Mm-hmm. We need you in this world, and so many people need to hear you, the good news. 
that you have for us and be transformed by your spirit. Mm -hmm. So we thank you for this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being on the pod, Julie. Mm -hmm. We're so glad you could tune in with us this week. I think I can speak for Julie and say, like, if you're interested in anything that um, has been shared, whether that's in children's ministry in general or about um, helping think about um, this backyard Bible club thing, Mm -hmm. um, reach out to Julie, send her an email, a text, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I think she she loves to include volunteers and include other people in in what she's doing. So, um, yeah, hope you guys have a great couple weeks until we see you next time. God bless.